the Diocese of Churches for the Sake of Others, is pleased to present the C4SO Podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO, a diocese of the Anglican Church in North America, led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org. Hey, everybody. It is the C4SO Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Ben Sternke. And today we're continuing our occasional series that we pop into and out of on Bishop Todd's Remissioned Church Initiative for 2022. Uh, And this series is all about how our mission field has changed from just a few years ago and seems like it's going to continue to change with the landscape of COVID, politics, sexuality and gender norms, social justice issues, etc., uh, we're asking questions about how what it looks like to pursue faithful, effective, contextualized kingdom ministry uh, in these days uh, that we find ourselves. Uh, so we're asking during this series, asking C4SO leaders how they're returning to the basics in 2022, exegeting their mission fields, raising up leaders, engaging their communities in conversations about faith and more. During this series, we've talked about several of Bishop Todd's questions to our diocese, including how we're resetting mission priorities and practices to address the changes in our mission fields and how we're helping our churches engage in conversations about faith um, and how we're preparing for our next church plants. And today we are focusing again on that last question, uh, which uh, the full version of, of which is this. Since church planting is in C4SO's DNA, how are you preparing for your next church plant? How are you rethinking church planting for our current context? Uh, and last time we talked with uh, Kevin Miller, a pastor, about how this is working out in their church. Uh, but today we're going to tackle this question uh, more from my diocesan wide angle. I think I'm saying that right. From a diocese wide angle, uh, by welcoming back to the podcast the Reverend Canon Brad Swope. Uh, who is C4SO's Director of Church Planting. Brad, welcome back to the C4SO Podcast. Ben, thanks for having me. Joy to be here. Yeah. How have you been? Uh, yeah, I think uh, you would know, but your listeners <laughs> wouldn't, that I'm on sabbatical right now and yeah. uh, four weeks in. And uh, okay. it's a gift to be able to lay down uh, the work and let it be fallow mm-hmm. and not... not uh, engage and and just see what comes alive again in your soul so i'm doing well uh, these days well that's good how long is your sabbatical it's 12 weeks but i'm ready to double down and go 24 if somebody let me yeah all right well i appreciate you uh taking some time i hope we haven't uh, violated your sabbatical the terms of your sabbatical but hopefully um i appreciate uh, you taking the time to chat with us yeah uh and i pray for Blessings, uh, yeah, on the on the sabbatical that it would be a time of refreshment for you. Well, I, I sneak this in right before I leave for Portugal on Monday to oh. walk the Camino, so I think oh. my soul will be fine. Okay, uh, All right. nice. After one phone call will not disrupt what God's doing. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad you get to do that. Uh, that sounds uh, lovely. Something I'd like to do at some point. Um, Well, today, as I mentioned, we want to talk about Bishop Todd's remissioned church question. Since church planting is in C4SO's DNA, how are you preparing for your next church plant, and how are you rethinking church planting for our current context? And I wonder, Brad, if you can speak to this question sort of broadly, um, you know, not just from your own church, which I know you lead a church, but can you speak to this um, 
what are you seeing at a diocesan level uh, as it regards um, churches planting new churches, as it regards rethinking church planting? Um, yeah, what, what can you say to us on, a, on that broad level? Yeah, I guess uh, my first thoughts are these. Uh, I think it's probably easier for a church plant right now than it is for a church hmm. in terms of uh, it's a adventure. It's a mission field. They're not, the culture's not set. They're going in mm-hmm. They're missional. They don't have to try to get back to normal. They don't have to try to, yeah. I mean, they're on mission. And so we've launched, right. we've launched two church plants, one in Tampa, one in Dallas this year. We're launching hmm. two more, one in Raleigh and one in, Des Moines in the next six months. Hmm. And in some ways they have a great advantage. They just get to go do the kingdom work Hmm. as if, do you know what I mean? Like the culture's right there. They're, they're doing it. I think broadly for the rest of us, we're going to have to get over. uh, Most churches probably are in a trying to reset, rebuild, uh, Mm -hmm relaunch mode. Yeah. Like if you're an established church, you're probably rebuilding your children's ministry. You're probably rebuilding your, uh, uh, you're probably rebuilding your youth ministry. You're, Mm -hmm. you're probably rebuilding your small groups. And so like, it's probably pretty difficult to start thinking about planting a church because you're just trying to reset. You're trying to get back to normal. Mm -hmm. And at some point we're going to have to stop thinking that way. We're going to have to stop thinking about getting back or going back or, and, and we're going to have to get back on. We, it's not going to take five years to get back on mission. We have to be back on mission now. Mm-hmm. Now that, that day and time and that place, like I would say our church is just exiting that stage. Mm-hmm. And like I'm on sabbatical. My plan is like we, Whatever we could recover, we've recovered. Whatever we had to rebuild, we we started to rebuild. Now let's let's mm-hmm. really engage mission. And and I wonder if all churches are going to have to start having that kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's it's time for us to say this is actually what our church is. Yeah, uh, this is who we are, and what are our values? What are our priorities as we ne- think about the next five years? Now we can start thinking about. Mm-hmm. Bishop Todd's question how is each church thinking about church planting mm-hmm. and um, so maybe what we got was kind of a a big old pause a big old you know like a two year pause where none of us were thinking about those questions because mm-hmm. we were just try- we didn't know what the, the next day held and now I mean COVID if it did anything it taught us adaptability it taught us resiliency, and maybe those skills can help us in the next two to three years as we do get back on mission as a diocese in terms of planning churches. Hmm. Yeah, I think I, I appreciate that uh, perspective, Brad. Um, I hear you saying that um, it, it's it's tempting to sort of feel like we're in recovery mode, and in many ways we are, and that, that is true. But if we're not careful, um, we're going to assume that um, yeah, that all we need to do is focus on recovery and eventually someday sort of mission and church planting will, will sort of magically come back into the picture. But instead we have to actually intentionally put them in now, even as we do recover. I mean, it, it doesn't mean stop rebuilding your kid's ministry. It yeah. means, you know, 
maybe there's an opportunity actually as things have loosened up that as we recover those things, maybe there's an opportunity to inject church planting back into the DNA uh, in a more yeah. intentional way. Yeah, I mean, I guess it goes to this idea of institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to use the word versus kingdom because I don't think it's against the kingdom. Yeah. Um, but like all of us are deeply vested in an institution and trying to like that institution is where we're, mm-hmm. we we get paid and where we go to work every day. And, yeah. and, and uh, I think to get back on mission is we're going to have to – we're going to have to release a little of that protection of the institution kind of thing and start thinking of kind of bigger kingdom thoughts. Hmm. And it's not really the question you've asked, but one of the books I've been reading on my sabbatical is uh, Schmemann's The Life of the World. And Hmm. uh, it's interesting reading the book because it was written in the 70s. Yeah. And he mentions culture and sexuality and change and adaptation and Hmm. And then he writes this timeless book about the kingdom and about liturgy and sacrament and the church existing for the sake of the world. And it just occurs to me like, yes, we've had a hard time of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, two years have been pretty disruptive. Yeah. But like the kingdom's always bigger. Yeah. And and in every age they face their own problems and mm-hmm. probably do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like yeah we start thinking those bigger kingdom thoughts. It's like, yeah, the kingdom is, it's doing quite well. It's mm. not in any way threatened or dented. And so now how do we, how do we align our churches back with kingdom priorities, yeah. which would have to, I think include church planning, because if we're now trying to think about context and mission field, like I said, to begin with, mm-hmm. perhaps the best way, to reach the culture is to plant churches because you don't have, like you think about in our own established churches, how much work we have to do to do anything and how the culture is already set and how mm-hmm. we're fate. We were surprised to find that in our churches, there was nationalism and in our churches, there were kind of a certain patriarchy and in our mm-hmm. churches, there was misogyny and like, Oh, in our churches, there's some racism. Now I have to go and do that work, and I have to change the mm-hmm. culture and try to bring people along, blah, blah, blah. Well, church plants don't have to do that in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like right. they, can, they can get out there and set the culture as they go. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, church planting may be the only way to get through these really difficult, intractable cultural problems because what you're doing is what, what's always been done for 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you go to the local context and you expect God to do miracles mm-hmm. in the lives of people and then your worshiping community pops yeah. up. So, Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. That feels like a, a good word of encouragement um, for churches of any, uh, of any size. I wonder if... Um, or any any phase, um, I think. Um, I wonder if you could share a little bit about um, any insights, anything that you're learning, anything that you're seeing, any ways that you're um, encouraging church plants when it comes to contextualization, um, cultural contextualization. Like, what are we learning right now as a diocese about um, how contextualization uh, feeds into church planting? Yeah, it just... I, th- I think one of the greatest gifts our bishop has given us within church planting is to tell us that we're allowed to 
engineer our church plants from the mission field backwards. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's a gift because I think it's the way it has to be. So like, mm-hmm. um, I remember before he was Bishop Todd, he was Todd Hunter, director <laughs> of the, and of uh, the, the vineyard movement. Right. And he, he brought, I was one of the young people that he brought into a fold Mm-hmm. And he really retrained us to stop thinking about ourselves as church planters, as pastors first, but as missionaries first. And what does mm-hmm. a missionary do? You go in and you learn the culture and you learn the customs and you learn the language and you learn to take yeah. the gospel and translate it into that place because every place is necessarily different, right? Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't, you know, if, you know, 100 years ago, the Amazon's not the same thing as Africa, which is not the same thing as yeah. Uh, Asia. So like, of course you have to do that work. Well, I think we know our culture is so diverse mm-hmm. that a church in downtown gritty Tampa is not the same thing as in a, a kind of Dallas, which is not the same mm-hmm. thing as in Des Moines, which is not the same thing as in Raleigh, which is not the same thing as in Lincoln. Yeah. So you, you would then have to go and watch and learn and meet and care and love and mm-hmm. listen mm-hmm. Uh, to be effective in any of those places as a missionary. Right. And right. so um, now we, we bring with us our, our great tradition, the Anglican communion, all the gifts of that. And we have to figure out how to bring the best of our tradition to bear mm-hmm. in this new kingdom work. Yeah. But it will look different from church plant to church plant. Um, and everyone has to make uh, interesting choices, prayerful choices, hopefully led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So um, I guess what I'd say is this work of, of conversation about what is our DNA and what are our values as a diocese is really important because how we then work those things out in our context might be different from church to church. Mm. So the things that we really care about should be the same but the yeah. way that it works out in a context should be different. Yeah. Um, and I already know that. I already know. So like one of our guys, they rent uh, in Tampa, they rent a theater for church. Mm-hmm. And this place is used for concerts. And so the first thing they have to do on Sunday mornings with their team is check the bathrooms for uh, needles, cocaine, drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And, and the people that they're reaching are largely uh, are kind of a metal crew, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, they're tattooed, and uh, along with other people as well. But like, well, that's going to look different than your church in Indianapolis. Yeah. And uh, uh, you're, you're probably going to use different illustrations and different... Mm-hmm. Um, and so to be given the permission to think as a missionary, how do I reach where God has planted me mm-hmm. and the new work that God's doing... While it might be intimidating, there's also a lot of freedom to that um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. It it also protects us from a little bit of a silver bullet thinking, like there's one thing that's going to help each Mm -hmm. church work, right? Right, Um, right, right. right. And that now increases the dependency on the Holy Spirit uh, and um, and the local gifts and fruit that he's bringing to bear in a context. Yeah. So did I actually answer your question? I'm 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 wondering if I actually did. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um I'm just wondering, yeah, what what we're sort of uh learning about that. Um yeah, uh in as as a diocese um and, and stuff you could share. I think it's yeah, it is an interesting thing, I think, to 
yeah, hear what different church plants are doing and for what reasons, you know, um, and how they're, um, how they're, uh, how they're in, uh, how they're contextualizing uh, the gospel uh, for those, for those spaces. So I think that's, uh, that's really helpful. So um, I wonder if um, another question about, I guess, contextualization, um, has the, has the pandemic changed anything with regard to C4SO's approach to church planting? Is there any ways that you can think that it's affected things to such a degree that you would say, yeah, this, we do things differently now because of that? You know, I'm sure it's true across the diocese that wouldn't that be an interesting question to put in a room full of all of our Mm. clergy, like, uh, like what's changed for you in your context? Right. Um, and I, I would bet the answer would be different across the board in each church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I'm, I'm just thinking, and again, I'm a month from connecting with all these guys, so I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that. Um, but I think um, what's not different is the work of uh, meeting, gathering, vision casting, uh, getting critical mass. Uh, casting mm-hmm. vision, training leaders, releasing leaders, um, multiplication of ministry in that regard. All that has to be true in every context. So like COVID wouldn't have changed any of that. Um, yeah. I, I do think, um, I, again, it's like what issue you want to talk about in terms of COVID, <laughs> but like if you think about how we're all thinking about race and how we're all thinking about um leadership in a time of so much failure Mm. and uh now we're all going into what looks like a bear market and what is that going to do in terms of people's thoughts about money and um Mm. like i i i know that you guys uh, i follow sometimes on facebook some of your posts on mammon and Mm -hmm. economics so like that that stuff is now fully in play um like i think uh, and again, this is a little off topic, but like this, this is the time for us to confront the idols of culture. And, mm. uh, and uh, so like, I, I hope our church plants feel permission to be bold. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do think they feel that, but I, uh, they're human beings too. Right. And they're, <laughs> and the fragility of a church plant I'm sure is hitting them as well. But like, yeah. if I could say anything to them today, it would be like, be bold, mm-hmm. sin boldly, like set the culture <laughs> early, the things that you, that were yeah. really needing to, to put into the culture. Yeah. This is the time to set it. You don't want to try to reset it in 10 years. Yeah. Most of us made that mistake. Most of us didn't speak to issues. And 10 years later, they came back to haunt us mm-hmm. and we didn't speak boldly to those things. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a, such a, a, a moment of flux mm. in the culture and so many triggering issues um that um yeah i guess i guess i can't answer as to what's changing except for i hope that all of us are taking the chance to let this moment of transition uh increase boldness in us so that we speak for the kingdom a little bit more um in parallel yeah with the kingdom Yeah. yeah yeah that's great i appreciate those thoughts thank you um, practically speaking, I know one of the ways that um, we as a diocese uh, want to help support church planting 
uh, is through this residency program, the church planting residency program, which we've talked a little bit about previously on uh, the podcast. But I wonder if you could chat in a bit more detail about that um, just once again and maybe share where we're at uh, with that uh, with that residency yeah. program. Yeah, so if you want to talk about the uh, a huge pause button, uh, a pause button was hit on our exploration of the residency program, both mm-hmm. in terms of uh, fundraising for it and Bishop Todd's um, sabbatical as well. Okay. So like that's yeah. work we're, we're going to return to. But let me cast the vision for why we're talking about it. Okay. So like the reason why we're, we're, we really want to dream about residency is um, there was a time when we, we thought uh, we did a, a fair bit, not just we, but across the United States of parachute drop church planting. Like mm-hmm. I have a vision for this place across the country and I'm going to mm-hmm. go with my family and a couple key leaders and I'm mm-hmm. going to have to, right. Yeah. And while those things work sometimes uh, it takes um, a certain entrepreneurial, certain, you know, yeah. personality to right. do such a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this was kind of a swashbuckling it's a harder mm-hmm. road, a much harder road, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, uh, you don't know anybody. So you show up in town with your your caravan, and you know mm-hmm. now you have to you start with the first, and that's great. And so mm-hmm. that's how I planted our church. Yeah, and it, uh, you know, the first hundred people, man, that's a lot of hard work. So, like, what we believe is a better model is is if your church, Ben, mm-hmm. um, captures a vision for uh, planting a church. And you bring up a leader within your context that you send out with uh, a core group of people or a vision and support and maintain that connection mm-hmm. uh, so that there's something that um, that church planner always has access to you, to, to your leadership and, and uh, to the church. And, and, the, and the church also has a vision for that. Well, we, you know, that's the kind of a daughter church thing. So like, yeah. Our idea is, what if we were to raise up um, residency programs in our churches so that, Hmm. uh, in theory, a church planner would commit to two years, would raise about a third of their salary, the church would commit to about a third of the salary, and the diocese would commit to a third of the salary, Mm -hmm. so that for two years, there's an intentional track of training and again, uh, uh, you know, two years is doesn't. It could be a little longer, a little less. But yeah. the idea would be after some period of time that that person has raised up a small group, a team uh, that's ready to go plant in a, an adjacent neighborhood, adjacent city, mm-hmm. adjacent town. Uh, and now that church starts with a lot of advantages that yeah. they have uh, some resources, they have some people, they have some leaders, they have yeah. uh, you're not in alone. And you have a connection with the local church, which I think you would know that one of the, the biggest problems of church planting and pastoring is loneliness, right? Mm-hmm. You just sure, don't have access sure. to people and leaders, and you're out there on your own, and yeah. you have these big questions in the whole bit. So um, our idea has been to begin to fundraise mm-hmm. and then to maybe find four or five churches that are ready for this as a pilot program, mm. and then... Um, uh, kind of have our first iteration of this. Now, if you're working with me, you would say, what's the hardest problem there? It's not the fundraising and it's probably not to find the church. 
It's to find the person who's going to want to come in and be a resident if they're not already there. That's going to be the biggest problem. Mm -hmm. Well, now we have to start thinking as a diocese about how to build a farm system. Hmm. And this is not just like a church planning farm system. This is a ministry farm farm system. So like Mm -hmm. uh, the number of churches I know, and I don't know very many of our, all of the CO4. So they're looking for the next person they can hire for said job. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, how do we begin to train up and, and really, um, cast the net so that we're recruiting into our diocese really effective leaders who can flow into ministry and or residency programs. Well, part of that problem uh, um, is that we want to start thinking in the long term about um, how to build relationships with Mm -hmm. local seminaries uh, and houses of study. So like uh, uh, for a Baylor, can we build a relationship with there for our Texas hub? For our north, uh, for our southeastern hub, Duke, Asbury, for our western hub, Fuller. So, like, we are beginning to think about how do we have a presence at, uh, on those campuses. And I don't think it's the whole answer, but it's a part of an answer in terms of building a farm system where we recruit yeah. into our churches residents that would like to go and plant churches. Yeah. So that's okay. kind of the bigger vision, and yeah. we can th- think about this in the. In the next two years, we would hope some of that would begin to that first iteration and the Mm -hmm. next four to five years, uh, more of us would be able to participate. Yeah, good. All right. Well, um, I suppose uh, the pandemic uh, definitely has done it does that. It puts a puts a damper on things. It puts a pause on things. But I'm looking forward. I think it's a great idea. And um, I am looking forward to hearing uh, more about how it fleshes itself out as we make those plans. And uh, yeah, love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, maybe we'll finish uh, today by asking these two questions, Brad. I I can't remember if you've been on this year since we've asked these two questions, but we're asking everybody who comes on the C4SO podcast two questions this year. The first question is this, what's a book, movie, or TV show that you appreciated recently? Well, I could I could go highbrow and requote for the life of the world, but there you um, go. You've already told um, us about that one, though. So give yeah. us another one. <laughs> uh, well, uh, it's not this year, but uh, I've so appreciated uh, Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of a family systems theory nerd. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. so like if you want to understand it working out in real time, differentiation mm-hmm. and how it looks. And how it changes culture. I think it's a fascinating look on how a differentiated person can really change the culture, a toxic culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this fall when season three comes out. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'll let that answer stand. I'll, I'll okay. go with Lasso and Schmemmen. Yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. Um, I appreciate both of them as well. Um, the second question is this, Brad. How can we pray for you? Well, I guess you could pray uh, personally that mm-hmm. uh, the sabbatical would uh, do the work yeah. and that, uh, that, that what God wants to do. But mm-hmm. I, I, I really am excited about the, the work of church planting in the diocese. Mm-hmm. And I think, we're, you know, Todd's on sabbatical, a number of our key leaders are on sabbatical, and it feels like maybe God is giving us energy for a new wave of mission um, mm. out of our diocese. And mm. I think we would all just celebrate that. Wouldn't we? If, yeah. if the spirit blew a wind of 
fresh vision and energy into our diocese and because i think yeah. there's there's still a fair bit of exhaustion and some discouragement like there is yeah. man let's 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 let this so why don't we pray together that 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 would happen in all of our diocese and churches just as a fresh wind the breath of the spirit blowing vision and encouragement into us an expectation again mm-hmm. i guess just a, a rich new expectation into our into our context well, amen to that. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that with us and sharing just a bit of, um, about uh, where we're at in terms of a diocese and um, where we're at with this this uh, question that Bishop Todd is asking uh, for us to consider. I appreciate you spending some time with us today, again, on your sabbatical, Brad. Uh, have a great time walking the Camino. Yeah, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks uh, thanks for all that you do too, Ben. Right. I, think, uh, I don't think you know how much it encourages people the work that you do in these podcasts, just Mm. fresh ideas and thoughts. So keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the C4SO podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at C4SO.org.